Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Scott Marshall Brandon. He's a consultant, strategist, author, and speaker. Scott, welcome to our show. Well, thank you. Pleasure to be on it. So this is only a 10-minute podcast, but I highly, 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 highly encourage you to learn from Scott because he is a man of depth, even just from the first few minutes that we spoke prior to this podcast, because just his name that you see on LinkedIn has a story to it. So please reach out to Scott and ask him what I meant by that. So Scott, tell us how you started your journey as a strategist and a consultant. Um, I started, I would say many years ago, uh, you know, as most people do, you're uh, you know, we're, we're, we're all, you know, product of our own backgrounds, our own interactions. And I started by being in the sciences. I started by being very interested in uh, what makes, uh, I, I was interested in the world of horticulture and entomology and looking at the beneficial use of insects in, in agriculture. Uh, and I kept honeybees and raised praying mantises and the like. And I've just always been interested in uh, kind of you know, asking the why question, the what if question. And that transformed over time into systems thinking, systems understanding, and a curiosity about uh, the difference between transaction and interaction. Fascinating. What is tomology? Entomology, the study oh, of insects. Entomology, ah, the study of insects. Yeah. And so what do you think insects can teach us humans about life? Well, if you look at honeybees, um, it's a fashion, fascinating social order. You know, everything from the role of each part of it, the drone to the queen to the worker bees, um, their codependence, their, you know, their, the way they work together. And I'm not advocating you know, in any way that that's the model for a society or for any structure, or any system. But if you study it and you study it with curiosity, a sense of all, a sense of um, it on its terms rather than it on our, our term, um, you see things about it that inform the decisions you make. And what, more, what it does more than anything is teach you how to notice deeply and to find patterns and to make connections, which in my research and my systems work is the underlying foundational elements of an imaginative thinker. So talk about that, because you actually wrote a book about that, Imagination First. So when you talk about systems, what do you mean, like systems? What's in, 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 well, the, we're, all, we're all born with, we're all imaginative at birth. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. Um, over what do, you, time. what do you mean? Like you're a baby, you come out of a, your mother's womb, and so you, you you're imaginative. You're by you're by definition uh, a creature of curiosity, a creature of interest. Um, humans are. Uh, I I often equate it with the capacity for uh, language development. Um, we're all born with that. Uh, it's what we do with it. Some people learn it in functional ways. Other people become poets. Other people become writers. Other people become speakers of multiple language. Others are just functionally illiterate. Others have a very kind of fact-based use of language. Others have a descriptive and interpretive use of language. Imagination similar. We're born with it. 
Um, it's what you do with it. It's how you develop it. And like many capacities in life, unless it's developed, um, it starts to go away, atrophy, uh, be used less. Interesting. So how do you go about helping your clients? Because you seem like a super deep guy. And, and so when you meet clients, I mean, how do you explain what you, what you do with them in terms of how you can help them? Well, the, you know, as a consultant and as someone who's run you know, fairly large organizations, um, the first thing you do is try to get them to articulate the problem. What is it you're, you know, that you're being asked to look at? Is it a systems problem? Is it a culture problem? Is it a financial issue? Um, I, it's usually, by the way, um, and I think most people that do this work would agree, uh, it's usually not one of the above, it's a bit of all. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to you know, sit with them, try to understand the world from their viewpoint, not the viewpoint I want them to have. And, uh, and then once again, in that same spirit, look at what the problem is and tease it out into its, interp into its interactive and its transactive or transactional elements. What has to do with the system of the finances and and how transactions happen and what has what what comes out of the culture and the way in which the business is set up by the way the book i'm working on right now is literally looking at the modern marketplace but going back to the silk road period of constantinople with the argument that's the first true place of the modern marketplace was constantinople during silk road if you map the modern marketplace to today it's on the device we're using right now. It's the internet. It's the, it's the virtual world. Um, how do you build interaction into the virtual world? How do you build um, that diversity and that interactional aspect into every aspect, every element of what we do? So the transactional part is, is as clean and as connected to what we're trying to do in the world, which I would argue is help people change the world and make money all at the same time. And if you only do one aspect of that, I don't think you're really living up to the marketplace's goals. Fascinating. So I was watching an interview with Jeff Bezos a few months ago and he talked about his grandfather and his grandfather used to have a ranch and how his grandfather was so resourceful and that really helped and build his career. Was there anyone in your life growing up that just had that sense of uh, inspiration on, on your life relative to how you see the world? Sure. Um, both in a in a cup half full and a cup half, half em empty way. And by that I mean um, ninth and 10th grade English teacher who um, about six weeks into my sophomore year came up to me and said she was gonna give me, a, she was offering me a week of detentions. And I said, why I didn't do anything? And she looked at me and said, well, that's the exact reason I'm giving you the detentions. Um, you haven't done anything. Uh, and it hit me as this interactional moment, this moment where this, this powerful person in my life said to me, I care enough to make you want to do your best and I'm gonna hold you to it, but I'm gonna give you a format and help in getting there. Um, and she and I are still friends all these wow. years later. Um, uh, on the other side, it's, I also grew up in a family where, um, uh, the absence of was every bit as powerful as the as having something, and by that I mean, um, I, I 
at my grandmother's funeral, I'm getting personal here, at my grandmother's funeral, I saw my dad crying. And I went up to him and said, Dad, why are you crying? You weren't that close. And his answer was, I'm crying for what wasn't instead of what was. And that always had a profound impact on me that teach, you can learn as much from what isn't there as what is there if you pay attention. Yeah, that's so profound. What are some things we can do on a daily level? Because you clearly have a very substantive, you just have a very deep understanding of life. So what are some things that you talk about imagination and what are some like daily things that someone can do to just start understanding how to be more curious or how to be more imaginative in their life in a, in a, in a, in a day-to-day type situation? Right. Well, imagination first, what my co-author and I did was we interviewed some 70 thought leaders um, and took their stories and distilled them into 28 and a half to be clever um, practices. And we called them practices because we w- wanted to make the point that uh, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. How do you become imaginative? Yeah. Practice, practice, mm-hmm. practice. It's no different than other, any other skill set or capacity. Um, so if you break down or you look at kind of the fundamental components of imaginative thinking, and by the way, I, I believe that imaginative thinking and uh, critical thinking are pretty much one and the same anymore. They're usually talked about interchangeably. Um, and there's not a business leader in the world that isn't, doesn't say they want one or both of those in their workforce. Um, so the question, your question is a great one, which is how do you get there? How do you develop that habit of mind? And it comes from looking at the foundational elements of an imaginative thinker and creative doer. Um, and that is, Things like deep noticing, make, noticing patterns, making connections, reflection, um, uh, tolerance for ambiguity is a huge one. Um, having the ability to live in, in, with and in ambiguity. Um, but there's also things like failing well, um, maintaining a sense of awe, um, understanding that the narrative can change depending upon how the story is told um, and on and on and all those are covered in imagination first that's great scott it reminds me of what einstein once said that imagination is more yep. powerful than knowledge because your imagination is the preview for life coming attractions and when you read his biography by walter isaacson he talks about how einstein was considered like a dummy like he's up to four years old i think he, he started to learn how to speak and he was a third-rate patent clerk in a Swiss patent office in his 20s when he wrote these papers that revolutionized the world. But he always said that it was his imagination and his curiosity that helped him. So along the line with what you're saying, Scott. So thank you so much for providing your genius perspective to our podcast, Scott. Well, thank you, Christopher. you and learn more about your book and your, and your life. I appreciate it very much. You take care. Bye. Bye.